Welcome to another episode of the Life Group Leader Podcast. We said it this Sunday during service, our mission statement that we here at Compass Bible Church exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything we do here at Compass, including this podcast, is to fulfill the mission of reaching, teaching, and training. Uh, it was an interesting exercise, an experiment to uh, ask our church to repeat our mission statement. The 9 o'clock did a fairly good job. The 11 o'clock, it, it was a little... It was, it was a little bit questionable at first, and they caught on afterwards. People either got comfortable or, or remembered their minds were uh, joggled, and they, they come up with it. But it also may be indicative of the fact that 11 o'clock has more uh, guests than our 9 o'clock on average. But it was a good exercise for us to uh, see, hey, does our church know why we're here? Uh, because that is a really good question when we think about being on mission and keeping our mind focused on what God has us doing here, because if we look around and we ask the people at our church, hey, what is our church doing here? And nobody can answer that question. Well, it makes sense that our church wouldn't be doing what we have verbalized and said that we're, we're doing here in New Braunfels. And it also, we're not careful, another reason why we need to keep the mission clear is because if we don't know what we're doing here, uh, we tend to start focusing on lesser things. Our church becomes a little more disgruntled. Our church becomes less focused on the mission of Christ and more focused on their personal preferences. And so I love uh, times in our church when we step back and we do a little three-week sermon series like we're doing now, reorienting our minds to the purpose of our church. And so that's what we're doing. We're spending three weeks in a sermon series called Dear Church, Our Mission. And uh, this is just an opportunity for your pastors to say, hey, church, a lot like the Apostle Paul did. He writes letters uh, to the churches there in the New Testament, and he, and he, he introduces himself, uh, and he talks about, hey, here's, here's what we need to do, guys. Here's how we need to focus on the mission of Christ uh, and, he, and he focuses on the individual needs of those churches while also keeping it in light of the mission. And we pray that that's what this series does, is it meets our church, our specific church here, Compass Bible Church in the Hill Country. It focuses in on us, but it does it in, in light of the broader picture of, of Christ's mission to the nations. And this sermon... Uh, as you were here and were listening to it, was about reaching people for Christ. And we reach in part by worship, and that's why we picked Psalm 96. And I'll go ahead and read that for you as we jump into this podcast. Psalm 96, starting in verse 1. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, 
the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Before the Lord, for he comes, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. The sermon focus, that preaching point that we always have up for you every Sunday is this. Our call to reach the world for Christ is accomplished by imploring the nations to turn from idols and worship the living God who will judge the earth in justice and righteousness through Christ. Our teaching points that come from the text are this, that there are four ways in which we should evangelize as we think about Psalm 96. And number one is this, that we should evangelize through the public exaltation of Christ, that there should be a demeanor of joy and of jubilation as we think about uh, the good news of Jesus Christ, evangelism, euangelion, that idea that there is this message, there is a good message, a joyful message uh, at the heart of the coming of Christ and God's uh, God's mission to the nations, that Christ has come to redeem sinners, and there should be an exaltation attached to that from the messenger to say, boy, do I have good news for you. The second point here is that we should evangelize through proclaiming the works of God. I love this part because it keeps evangelism from being a dry exchange of words when we have to begin ascribing and attributing and crediting God for what he has done. And so it makes it personable. It makes it uh, tangible and empirical in so many ways as we say, here's what God has done. And as we think about the good news of the gospel, the greatest work of God is salvation in Christ uh, and taking us and purchasing us, redeeming us and bringing us into his family. And so if we, we really can't evangelize if we're not proclaiming the works of God. Number three, that we should evangelize through proper reverence toward God. I have a large concern in the church in our day and age that we don't have a proper reverence toward God. And it is no surprise to me that people don't give the ascribe and give the right glory or the right weight to God. People don't see God in, in the heaviness that they ought to because even as we live our lives as Christian, we Christians, we don't have proper reverence toward God. Like we don't recognize as even the text of scripture that we were uh, reading this week that he is a consuming fire as Hebrews 12, 29 tells us that we should worship him as verse 28 said with reverence and awe. And, you know, what I've seen in large part in so many uh, professing Christians is, is a loss in our in our day and age of a reverence and awe toward God. And I uh, would be encouraged to see our church have a greater awe and reverence toward God, and it would do well in our evangelism for us to exercise proper reverence toward God as we speak about salvation and judgment uh, and the gift of grace. And finally, we need to evangelize by telling of the judgment and joy to come. When we think about sharing the gospel with people, we need to share the gospel with the end in mind. We need to be telling them, hey, we know how the story ends. And that's the wonderful thing about the gospel is that we can know that our commitments today uh, have an outcome that is for the Christian, an outcome of joy and an outcome of, of uh, absolute 
uh, pleasure for the Christian in Christ. And the news is also for those who are not saved and those who reject God is there is uh, ultimately coming a judgment that they'll have to stand before God and give an account for their life apart from Christ, uh, which is going to lead them to eternal destruction. And there's nothing more potent in an evangelistic uh, conversation, an evangelistic uh, ministry of the individual than being able to tell people how the story ends because helping them understand how the story ends is going to help them see the need for them to say, I can't just passively let this go. There's real consequences to uh, what you're telling me right now. If it's true, I've got to do something with that. And you're leaving them with this reality that I can't skirt this. I can't. I can't get out of the way. It's coming, and I'm either going to have joy, or I'm going to have great terror because of the judgment to come. All right, life group leaders. I want us to think about as as we're getting into our week of life groups. Uh, I want you to think about this sermon in uh, through the the lens of there's a message and there's a messenger. Of course, we know the message of the gospel. It never changes. It's always the same. Uh, we understand that God created the heavens and the earth. He's holy. He's perfect. He's just. He's loving. The fact of the matter is that we're sinful. We're separated from God because of our sin that we have inherited from Adam. And that we, as we've inherited that, we act out and live that uh, sin life uh, and it separates us from God in a right relationship with him. And then the good news is that Jesus is God, that God sent the Son to come and be uh, in uh, in the flesh of humanity, completely man and completely God, to be the person and live the life that was necessary for him to take on our sins so we wouldn't have to bear the just penalty of our sin. And he took on that sin on the cross uh, for, uh, for those who would turn from their sins and place their trust in him, that those people who do would be saved, uh, they would receive the Holy Spirit, they'd be walking in new life, and they would be in right relationship with God the Father, awaiting the return of Christ, and to be joined together with God. And uh, there's the gospel, that message, this doesn't change. Uh, but I hope what this psalm did uh, is that it really, uh, it really spoke to you as the messenger, to say, man, that message, it just didn't change. But the messenger, sometimes the messengers, we got to check our hearts. We got to think. When I share that unchanging message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, am I exalting Christ? Am I exalting in Christ? So I have that joy and, and absolute uh, just uh, ecstasy and my just joy and, and happiness about who Christ is and what he's done. And then do I actually proclaim the works of God, not just accounting the facts, but accounting the, the reality of what God has done in my life and in this world for his glory and for the good of his people? And then uh, point number three, like me as the messenger, do I have reverence to, toward God? Do I see him with the weight that I should as I think about the presence of God? Do I come into his presence and do I say, oh, God, you are holy and you are weighty? And, God, I could not even be in your presence. And even though I have the privilege through Christ of coming to your presence, I'm still in awe of you and in, in fear, and in, in, in a fearful uh, awe of respect towards who you are. And uh, the same thing that we see with Isaiah and those who we see uh, who found themselves in the presence of God throughout Scripture that they were, they, were, they were a people of God, and God used these people. And for Isaiah in particular, God didn't punish Isaiah, and Isaiah 
understood that God had called him to a mission and a ministry, but he still had a reverence and awe and a fear, a healthy fear of God who is a consuming fire. And us as messengers, do we have that proper fear? It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that our evangelism would be impotent if we don't ourselves have that understanding of the weightiness of God. And obviously, as messengers, do we, do we understand the judgment and joy to come? Uh, do we live in light of that? I mean, it's hard to evangelize about that if we ourselves don't live in light of the fact that there's judgment coming, but there's joy coming with it when the Christ comes and redeems the world and, and God comes and removes all the evil, casts it away and redeems the world and, and renews it and, and creates a Edenic uh, society where he renews the world and reigns as the, as the head of the government of earth and the, and the universe. And, you know, to me as a pastor, as I'm looking at you guys as life group leaders is, you know, talk to your life group leaders about thinking, or not your life group leaders, those in your life groups. Uh, ask them, do you really think much about the judgment and joy to come? When you're sharing the gospel, when you're living your own life, when you wake up in, in the, during the week, it's ever crossed your mind of the absolute joy that awaits. I mean, the scripture tells us that when God comes and he reigns, the heavens are going to be glad, the earth is going to rejoice, uh, the fields are going to exult, and the trees of the forest are going to sing. And let us not be like uh, the Pharisees who question why Jesus is allowing the, uh, the disciples to sing his praises. And, they, and then Jesus looks at them and says, if they didn't do it, the very rocks themselves would cry out. You know, let's not be those who expect to let the rocks cry out because we're not willing to. All creation is going to sing out to God. We need to be singing that, that now, today, as we await for that fulfillment of all those things to come. And I really don't think we're going to have a super evangelistic heart if we ourselves don't think about what is coming, uh, what's going to matter in 100 years. I mean, there's uh, most things we do every day are not going to matter in, in next year. And very few things that we do are going to matter in 10 years. And there's almost nothing that we're doing apart from the mission of God that is going to matter in 100 years. And I think that's worth thinking about this week in your life groups. Uh, last little uh, thought that I had, I was a little devotional thought that I didn't really talk about too much in uh, the sermon because I didn't think it was a applicable at the time. Uh, when we think about the messengers, you know, Jesus wasn't always, uh, he wasn't always affirmative of people who were saying right things about him, particularly in the, in the Gospels where the demons were saying right things about God uh, and Christ. And uh, do you remember those interesting passages where the demons were saying right things about Christ that were accurate, and Jesus rebuked them and told them to be silent. You think about that. Like Mark 1, 23 through 25, it says, in, in the synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him and saying, Be silent and come out of him. You think, well, why would Jesus silence anything or anyone who would say right things about him? And I do think that Psalm 96 kind of gives us a glimpse of a possibility. It, there's a message, but there's always a messenger attached to it. And I am certain that Jesus uh, didn't want those who were carrying uh, uh, carrying any of the truth about uh, Christ to be the ones who were who are deceptive, deceptive and liars, uh, to be the ones who are going off saying things about about Christ. I mean. Really, the point that I'm making devotionally is the 
messenger matters. I mean, it matters. I mean, the message that Jesus is the Holy One of God is true. But Jesus didn't want demons running around saying that kind of stuff. They're untrustworthy. They're not reliable. They're liars like their father, the devil. And it's important for us to say, hey, the message is the message, but the messenger matters. I hope that little devotional thought kind of pricks you a little bit and helps you start thinking rightly about saying, man, me as a messenger, am I... Am I thinking like Psalm 96, and is my attitude, my affections, and my desires in alignment with what Psalm 96 tells me about that is the kind of life and heart of uh, somebody who is excited about telling people about the good news? All right, life group leaders, I have a couple of resources I think would be helpful for you guys. Maybe you've read them, maybe you haven't, but they're ones we like to try to keep in front of you. As you think about evangelism, number one is Soul Winner by Charles Spurgeon. It's always a, a good book, a classic text on evangelism, and also uh, J.I. Packer's Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God, if we think about uh, human responsibility and God's elective uh, choice and salvation. That's a really, really good resource for you guys to read through and, and maybe uh, recommend to others as well. A life Group Leader is a couple of announcements uh, for you guys particularly that you need to put on your calendar and know. We have an off week next week. It's on the calendar. We have Thanksgiving. We're observing Thanksgiving week. People will be traveling. We'll take a Life Group off week that week. We're also going to be off the week of December 25th and the first week of January. So I think last year we had two weeks off in December, and we were back on the first uh, week, I believe, of January, if I remember correctly. But this this year we're going to be the last week of December and the first week of January, and then we'll begin back uh, the, the next week. And then that next week, Life Group Leaders, we have a meeting, a Life Group Leader training on January the 7th after the 11 a.m. service. Uh, you should entitle that Training Commitment Sunday. That's the time where we all get together and we recommit to another year of uh, life group leadership of serving as the ministry leaders and the deacons of this church. And so it is a requirement. You, if you're a life group leader, uh, if you're an apprentice leader, you need to be there because we're going to go over the leadership standard, the doctrinal statement. Uh, we're going to commit together as, as a group of leaders uh uh, with uh, with another year of intentional leadership in mind. And so that is going to be a mandatory meeting. Uh, if for some reason you're not going to be there, you need to let me know as soon as possible because uh, we'll need to have a one-on-one -on -one, uh, meeting to make sure that we get through this because it's uh, mandatory for everybody. All of our leaders are going to go, th go through commitment uh, Sunday uh, one way or another because that's the way that we all make sure we're on the same page moving forward. And so I'm really excited. It's a really good culture building uh, training, and I always look forward to an opportunity uh, like we're going to have on January the 7th. So those things to remember. And finally, some announcements for you guys. Christmas at Compass is uh, coming right at us. We have our big event for our women's Christmas coffee where there are already almost 100 women who are registered for that, and we still have over two weeks before that event. And so I'm excited. I know there's going to be so many women there. The registration is free, but it is uh, it is necessary. So make sure your gals register for that. The very next day, our Dr. Christmas McKinney is coming uh, to teach on the archaeological evidence of the Bethlehem account and the Gospels. So I'll be excited for that. Remember, we have our Christmas celebration, kids' Christmas choir, serve team celebration, and Christmas Eve services all coming down the pipe. And so what a wonderful opportunity it is for us to be inviting people in the community. Keep that in front of your life groups. Tell them every single one of these opportunities is an amazing opportunity for you to bring somebody with you uh, to uh, 
help them and pray that they would come to know Christ through one of these events. Uh, we have our serve team celebration on Monday night, December the 18th, starting at 6 o'clock at the Civic Center. We want to invite you out there just for an awesome night of celebration. We don't want you to miss it. We want you, if you've served at Compass, we want to take this time. As You life group leaders, you apprentice leaders, you all are serving. We want you there. Uh, we're going to have a, a, just a wonderful opportunity. There's going to be dinner. There's going to be child care. There's going to be prizes and games. Uh, there's going to be just a lot of things to say, hey, thank you for serving, and, and let us point the praise upwards to God for what he's done through our people uh, this year. All right, guys, so grateful for you this week. I'm praying for your life groups, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.